This is The Extra Sheet, the unofficial Age of Empires 4 podcast. I'm your host, Socraton, and today I'm joined by AoE Beal and Sir Nevels. Thanks for being here, guys. How you doing? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to be talking about the advent of Season 4 and our initial reactions, thoughts, questions, just our general impressions about that. And this, of course, being our first episode of the podcast. If you're listening, be sure to follow uh, or download whatever it is you're doing on your apps. We're going to try and make this a bi-weekly event. We're going to be talking about build orders, uh, changes in the meta as different patches come out, fun facts, things that we learned, and just about anything that is covered by Age Empires 4. To start out, I think I'm going to open the floor to our guest today and see if they can give us some reactions to Season 4 now that it's been out for, oh, what has it been, a couple weeks now? Two weeks? Not sure. Probably about two weeks. Oh, by the time this comes out, it'll have been out for about a month almost. Uh, yeah, so let's, yeah, for sure. Let's start with Sir Neville's. Maybe, maybe you can tell us, uh, I know you've been preoccupied with some other new games lately, but what, <laughs> what are some thoughts, what are some changes maybe that you've really enjoyed with uh, the new season so far? Listen, you know, I'm just going to keep it simple, keep it real simple. All hail the Abbasid dynasty. That's what I got to say about season four. You know, I look, okay, one thing I will say, one thing I will clarify on here is that I'm a, you know, I'm, I try to keep it, you know, when I first started playing Empire, I tried to be the aggressive, you know, be on your head top, rant, rushing it down, you know, being, but you know what? I've chilled back, you know, I've, you know, taken a more subtle approach to life and I, I like the boom the boom of the Abbasid dynasty. And I feel like the changes made in season four have just accommodated them better. You know, there's a couple new, I would say I could find the names of the, uh, the tech, but there is, they did make some changes. You know, I don't know how familiar everyone is that has played the game, but I will say is that the Abbasid dynasty is a, they're a, they are, what would you say? Are they like what, like medieval uh, Baghdad? Yeah, like I mean, the Arabian Iraq. side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Iraq area. That's pretty dope. So, like, Fertile they were crescent. like, you know, like, you know what? Like, they're they're like they're a boom civilization. They're a civilization that really goes heavy into their economy. They moved out of foodstuffs yeah. to the town center, yes. right? That, that yeah. research is there now. Yeah, yes, sir. They now have the fresh food stuff, which is they what they nerfed it though. It is nerfed a little bit. I think before it's fifty percent off your villagers. Now they have it to where it's thirty five percent. Village a little bit more expensive, but but they fix it up. I got they fix it up with uh with the fertile crescent, that new new piece of technology. It all does reduce the uh the cost of all your economic buildings. So when I say you can get up a second TC in lightning speed, it is beautiful. I think you just it's, research. It's like what three hundred wood, and I think two eighty something yeah. stone. It's way cheap. You're yes, right. Yes, it's cheap, dude. So like, do like. So not anybody out there who like, you know, because really the Abbasid, it's pretty, not say run the mill, but it's pretty like everyone kind of knows how they play. You kind of just, you know, when the moment you hit feudal, you're hurrying up and you're trying to your best, like as fast as you can to get that second time center up because of cheaper villagers. But when I say like now, it is so easy to go triple TC. And it when, when that economy is just churning, this is nothing more satisfying when the economy is just churning in this game. And I feel like it's really good for team play too. I'm not a big team game player, but I feel like it's really good for like, you know, maybe if you play in 3v3, have, you know, maybe the more aggressive civilizations dive in, do their thing. And then you just kind of sit in the back and then just make the real golden age of Islam. Like that's, that's beautiful. And okay, and like, you know, and uh, you know, not just speaking on the basket, it made a lot of different uh, change civilizations too about season four. Uh, for example, England, English just got better. Oh, yeah, I, I'll be I'm talking about that one here in a second. Oh, I, yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. No, no, exactly. I'm not, I'm not going to joke. I know that's another thing. I'm not going to go to that. But English, I like, I like the way English is playing. I'm going to try to like, this season, I'm going to try to put more civilizations into rotation. Like, I was like that when I first started playing, like, kind of playing like, you know, a good amount of like maybe. Three to four civilizations. I heard that's not really good for advancing, but it's just, you know, my way of playing. If I lose, I suck. So it is what it is. But like uh by season three, I pretty much mainly played Abbasid, uh the Abbasids, and I like them a lot. But this season, like Delhi's looking great. Like Delhi, like I've been like watching, I watch a lot of tournaments and Delhi's been getting a lot of love. Uh the Roos. I don't the think as good as they were. I don't that's see, that's a good question. That's we'll get, we'll get to that question. one later. We'll get to that one later. Yeah, that's a great question. We can probably highlight that later. But 
uh, Roots are great. Uh, Mongols, they got a new, uh, like, you know, this season, you know, they really want to highlight on, because, like, you know, pretty much, no matter what city you play, you pretty much just, um, you go the same landmark every time you aged up. A couple mm-hmm. of specializations had it to where, you know, you had an option, this one or that one, depending on how with direction you went to go. But when it comes down to most civilizations, you went up with, you know, let's say, for example, English. You always went Council Hall, Council, Council Hall. Hall, King's Palace, and King's Palace. Well, for a minute there, it was kind of a switch between Berkshire and uh, I'm drawing a blank here on the uh, last. Wingard Palace. That's, I think yeah, the convention was, was always to go Wingard because the cheap yeah, yeah. tread production. But. Mm-hmm. And Berkshire had a little bit of a place for a hot second, but mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, like you would do the same thing every time. You know, it kind of became pretty predictable. Like I'm looking at Chamber your- of Commerce right now. Like that, that no one yeah. ever picks that and wins. Yeah, and actually, people are a little more viable this season. Like I hope now, so. now I hope so too. Like even though me, I'm not a big trader. Like I play a lot of. I know I like the competition of one v ones. So like I, not a big trader. Traders trades a little bit harder at least, at least for me to get online on like a one versus one. But like I do like with the Chamber of Commerce now they have it to where every time you research tech, uh, some type of technology, which French has cheaper. You get um you get a free trader. Mm, like yeah. so like that that can work. You can give like say for example, you know, like you know, French, you know, anytime you research any new tech or any new like uh, upgrade tech, you just trader pops up and you already got you get trade online. You know, French, you know, one thing about French, they love gold. They just love gold. Oh yeah, those nights. You know what I'm saying? Those nights go crazy. You get nice you get night, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm gonna yeah. not start this word out. Superiority. <laughs> <laughs> you get that, <laughs> you get that, you're set. But HRE, I like HRE, some uh, mind work palette changes. China didn't really get touched that much. And um, awesome, I don't play much Molly. Uh, Molly's, I don't play too much. I know they nerfed the Farimba a little bit. Thank the HRE. And we'll, we'll, the, we'll get to that later, too. Yeah, thank the age nerd, the age lords on that one, because that was getting ridiculous. Yeah. Well, hey, but, Beal, uh, um, let's, let's, let's move over to, to Beal here. What are some of your just initial yeah. reactions to, uh, to the new season, some of the changes that were made? Yeah, uh, we were talking about Abbasid earlier, and Fertile Crescent's huge for getting multiple TCs, but I really love that the Cultural Wing is now a viable option into Feudal, especially if you want to aim for a fast castle kind of build. Getting the reduction on text, the 20% cheaper text, is amazing. Uh, you research that, and that applies to the landmarks. So your castle age is cheaper, your imperial is cheaper by 20%. Both of those uh, really opens up other avenues for how Abbasid can play. I'm still not sure they're one of the strongest civs yet. I think they fell off a little in season three. Mm. Um, Yeah. I still don't think they're there quite yet in season four. Going to take some little more time for them to be figured out. But just the fact that uh, they have more options is is really interesting that they're not stuck in the uh, economic wing, age up into feudal every time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool to see different levels of play for the Abbasid. Also, uh, composite bows is a great new tech. Mm, yeah, Given yeah, yeah. the uh, Abbasid some of the best archers, although I have played a bunch on ladder, and around where I'm at, around the platinum level, I think uh, with how the season is so new, you've got players that know Abbasid have some of the strongest normal archers in the game and just keep massing those. Uh, regardless of the units that you're making, uh, I've won a couple of games against Abbasid just straight up making horsemen and <laughs> denying, uh, denying their archers pretty hard. Um, otherwise, I mean, I've been, I've been playing a lot of Ottomans. I say, how's received, that been? Oh yeah. They've received no changes, basically. They're, uh, so, new. they're still been, so new. Yeah. It has been really nice to play as a sieve that I already, already know. I picked them up in season three, got used to them. Uh, don't have to learn a lot of new things about the sieve going into season four. They're still the feudal aggression sieve. Get the get the increased production, the free production down. Uh, it's it's always been like one of my shortcomings is making enough production buildings. Mm. So having uh, having the free production out of the military school, uh, making sure that there's something always 
constantly producing has been kind of like a crutch for me, but uh, yeah, definitely enjoy the Ottomans. Uh, I've played some English, really enjoying the changes for the council hall. Haven't really yeah. touched Abbey of Kings yet. Uh, I still, I'm not huge like on microwing a healing unit. Mm. I don't know how worth it it is. I think the changes to the council hall make it even better for a building that can pump out crossbows uh, as soon as you hit castle instead of previously where you'd have to invest in a separate archery range mm. to be able to pump out uh, double speed crossbows from the council hall as soon as you hit age three is great into HRE. Yeah. Uh, well, that's been historically you, a tough matchup for English too. going into HRE. Those minute arms, that the bird yeah. rave rush is difficult to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. It, so you can you can go fast castle as English and then get the crossbows online right when the HREs start to be a threat to you. Uh, it's really nice. Haven't played around with the Wingard footmen yet. Uh, I, I know those are new. Uh, I've still just been using the uh, the one with the trebuchets mm. in there when I build a Wingard. You tried um, the archers yet? The, like those red sniper archers? No, I haven't tried those either. Those uh, I, I, I know those I've... My way. It's like the cheap trebuchet is such... Oh, that's the point, yeah. Mm. I know I've tried. I, I know I've queued both the footman and the archers, but I, my problem with late game uh, Imperial is I'm just mashing units into units and just outproducing anyways. I don't really look at the units themselves anymore, so I don't know that I've actually seen a huge difference between them. Uh, usually, if I'm just using anything other than the trebuchet, uh, the Wingard army, I, I feel like I'm just doing everything else to match uh, the production speed I need and the efficiency. So I don't really know that I noticed a difference of those units. Do you, uh, do you still think English is, uh, like, as strong as they used to be in Imperial Age? I feel that they are still... I don't know who would supplant them. I don't know who is better than English in Imperial Age even still. I was going to say, most of my thoughts this season, um, I've really, I really have enjoyed the Council Hall changes, uh, and I like, actually, the White Tower production as well. As far as late-game oh, English, yeah. I, I don't know who can compete with English late-game even still. I think maybe... Maybe like a French trade with a guild hall if they're just massing knights again and again and again. If they can keep up that, that could be dangerous. Uh, at this level of play, though, I, I, at the play I am at, you know, being that mid-plat gold range, kind of like where Beal was saying, I don't know that anyone would be better off in Imperial than English at this point. Maybe for the pros, but I don't know. I think it comes down to, uh, I think to match English, I think they got nerfs in just the right place. I think enclosures needed the nerf. Same thing mm -hmm. with network citadels. So I think to match English late game, you know English isn't focused on map control. So you take the map control, you set up your own trade, and then you get your gold generation on par with English, um, with you, the nerfs. You know who's taking down English? You know who's taking down English late game? If it's possible? Who's doing I believe it? 100% Delhi. Delhi has been devastating to English this, this yeah, time. Really. Yeah, like, I, I think I think they've always countered English a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Delhi is always because the timing of when they can get their their mass. Um, they yeah. can outmass English right as English yeah. England is coming online. So if England wants to take a fight early, they're always they're gonna lose to the Delhi mass. It's hard for yeah. for the English to stop the sacred sites. At the beginning. Yeah, um, my my only solution has been uh, to ram rush all in, but if you, that's a, such a gamble. If you fail, they're going to outdo you in castle as well because their castle age spike oh, has yeah. gotten far better with this patch. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I don't know about Imperial Delhi. I, I don't know about late game. Just with <laughs> I don't know if English can can English all make it to late game with Delhi. That's the big that's question. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Delhi into English. You want to end that feudal castle. Yeah, I, I just think I say like you said yourself, Bill. Like you said, how like the uh, English kind of can turtle up; they don't need map control, which is like complete opposite of Delhi. Like Delhi, like they like you can just turtle up all you want, chill inside your crib, you know what I'm saying? Light a campfire, enjoy life. While Delhi is just conquering the map. Like mm -hmm. you, they just and then listen. I think once you once you really take off, I think I think just like say for example, you get a nice gold economy going, maybe you get a little Dumbo spam in there. I really feel like English does kind of like, yeah, I, th I think English with the enclosures and, and everything, like I think English just does really good at just being able to throw troops at you. They can fight maybe longer, but I I feel like English, 
I think people thought English was going to be a lot better this season. And I really think that English, I think Delhi is number one. I think that, that that's the S tier civilization this season. I don't Delhi disagree. Is so good. I do not disagree with that. I do think English is still a very good civilization. Oh, yeah. I, I think they're definitely oh, yeah. up there. But I, I think yeah. I think Delhi might be the golden child this year or this patch. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mongols. I don't know, dude. Where they are, are Mongols? They're also great. They are. They're, they're up they've there. Been they're they've like been great. They've been great. Yeah. The Silver like, Tree. I don't Mongols have been bad. Mongols used to be all about that tower rush, and now I feel like the Silver Tree and the trade meta has oh, really man. taken over. I mean, combine them. You tower rush, put the trade pressure on. It. Get feudal age with the silver tree as you're putting the pressure on. Get those couple of traders. Like all you need is two or three to yep. deliver gold, and then you've got enough for castle. Yeah, go castle yep. after that into men at arms. Like yep. that is or lancers, dude. Those lancers somehow yeah. the con. That lancer the con. Oh, dude, I've almost broken everything in my room. Just <laughs> <laughs> dude, literally. Well, you I'm saying what? like oh. You know, one one thing that's changed this season that I actually really, really enjoy, but I haven't noticed as much because I haven't gone against many players who play this Civ. I love <laughs> the the fix to the deer hunting that now it's two shots oh, at the, the scouting. Yeah. I, I wonder, Dude. do you guys think it's going to open up? I haven't seen a lot of Roost players this season. Do you think that opens up Roost play to more low level players? Oh, yeah. I believe so. I believe so. I mean, because I mean, OK, so season two, I was you couldn't tell me anything about negative about the roots roots is my favorite civilization they there's a fun civilization and that but they were like very uh micro intensive mm -hmm. like i mean you had to you had to spawn out two to three scouts and then a lot of times you know especially me being like a newer player at the time because me quick backstory i'm new to rts completely this is my first rts game I played in my life like so like me not even really barely knowing mouse and keyboard you know i might spawn out a, two three scouts but i got two scouts freaking picking grass while I have one over actually, you know, doing something. So like, but, you know, the fact that you can actually just shift click a whole deer pack and then kind of leave that scout alone and move along, that makes a huge difference because that extra arrow, if the enemy came in, came in contact with that hunt while you just have a shift click, they can immediately, they, you, you'll be so focused. You'll have three shots on one deer and they'll be, they're macroing their, they're actually not macro, they're microing their scout they could take out two to three deers while you're still focused. You will be way behind and lose so much gold. So, yes, I think that most definitely makes roost. It's funny. Counterpoint. I want to say it's a bad oh. change. Really? Oh, oh. Hot take. Hot take. Play against roost uh, or roost against an opponent. Oh. Uh, it, it created, like, a micro challenge. Like, you could yeah, shift, yeah. like, but you were at a slight disadvantage. Mm -hmm. um, because if your opponent was active and watching you hunt the deer, then you could absolutely get in there and it was easier to deny if your opponent wasn't paying attention. Okay. Now it's uh it's a little easier for someone to just shift click and look away. I will yeah. I will counter that a little bit. I do yeah. think that oh, as as the, as the English guy over here who just only plays English, French, maybe some HRE, I love being able to just shift click my own deer patch and know for sure that I'm getting the best value out of my scout and shift clicking it so I don't have to micro that while I can still play my game. I do kind of like I, I do think it's a good change overall personally, but I can see I can see your point, Beal. Yeah, I, yes. I think it was a good little I think it was just balanced as a micro test. Um, I don't know if I, I think Relic certainly not micro intensive on AOE four, especially yeah. compared to other RTS. Compared to like Starcraft, so I yeah. see why they why they changed. Oh yeah, it. but it did it did add a little more complexity to the micro battles over. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do the hunt, think getting the bounty versus denying your opponent bounty. I do think it does make it more accessible to newer players, though. And I don't think we can discount that. I think the pros might be like, oh, but I like I can if you have the APM, you probably don't love the change. But if you don't, it's probably a bit of a OK, I can now play Roos. I think it does make Roos more a, a more open yeah. sieve to lower, uh, lower leveled players. Which yeah, I think is a good thing. Does. Otherwise, you have a million yeah, English players and then everyone gets upset about only yeah, playing against everyone. English. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like Roos in general, like. It just Roos is like probably my biggest heartbreak of the entire Age of Empire updates because oh my lord, back in the day, Roos were dominant. They were so good. The fact that you got gold from the sheep, the fact that you could tether. I, okay, not being a tether wolves is my biggest 
That's mm-hmm. like my biggest complaint about updates. <laughs> Dude, that's such a I am so hurt about that. It was such a fun mini game. Like, like the reason why Roots is my favorite said, it was a mini game inside of the game. It was like you had to go around, get wolves, tether it. Then, like, you know, the opponents be chasing the wolf, a little, little mini game, a little war, and give that sky a little smack, let them know. Like, it was just I, listen, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to the roost because I'll start breaking down here. I do, I do, like, think, I do think mentioning that's interesting. I that is one change I did not like. Because I like the change to the like deer. It. I did not like the change to the wolves because I feel like wolves have never felt more pointless in this game than they do right now. Dude, they're just horrible. Like I just like, and, and they actually reversed an update they're going to do. Like they literally, I think it was like they literally had like a AOE petition to where uh, they were going to make it to where. You a lot of pro players do this, not really people like on a casual level, but like you would uh like kind of like bait a boar into attacking the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like and they were like, I don't know why. Like, I mean, listen, developers, one thing I will say about uh Relic Entertainment, like they're really good. I mean, I think a lot of people come commend them on this. They're really good at listening to their community. Like, if people have problems or like they address things, they will like in the next hot fix or patch, they will get it fixed, which is really commendable to them. Because some games just really either they take forever or they just do not fix problems. But the one thing that like sometimes I feel like I know like, you know, because Age of Empire is a hard barrier of entry. Like the game just the, the reason why I, it's, it's kind of hard to like really, you know, get in here and like make us you know, a, a plant, plant your feet in here. Because it's a it's a it can be a, a little bit. It's, it's a it's a it's a, it can be a difficult. I, I consider it a difficult game. It's a hard learning curve. It's but a tough learning curve. Big, yeah, it's an RTS. Yeah, exactly. This is one of the one of the it's hardest just, to yeah, get a hold of. Me. So most definitely, videos. most definitely. So I really feel like they want to like really they want to like kind of make the game a little bit more casual because they really don't want they want you know they want new players. And I understand, but like you know some some updates to the game, I feel like like me for example, I think it's like they I think they kind of overly nerf Roos. I mean, people are starting to find, like, uh, you know, they're starting to plant and find a way to, like, make them viable in Season 4. But, like, Roos just in general, like, I, I miss the old Roos. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. But what do we think about uh, the map dependent. Uh, the Kremlin, I heard I heard people, I'm not actually, I, I think the Golden Gate is no matter what. The I think, literally, hot take, Golden Gate is the best landmark in the game. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you on that. I agree. Yeah, I think, I think, so I still think that on like, you know, gold plat level, I know you get the, uh, instead of getting the Golden Gate tickets to actually, you know, get trade resources. Now you get like the Kremlin, they made an update to where now you get tickets and you can spawn that militia. So I think it's really good for players who are really good with like micro and harassment. That works, but they do have a, like a lifespan. So like, with that being said, I think it made the rules. It did make the rules more viable in a way, and it did make the criminal more viable. But I still think that Golden Gate is superior to yeah. everything. I feel kind of the same way about uh, the Abbey of uh, Kings, Abbey of Memes with yeah, the, the Knight. Exactly. I don't know when I would want that over because I've had some people mention about the King, like, oh, well, you can use him. He is a knight in his own right. He's not just like a, yeah. a scholar or something like that that would just heal. He can go and raid. But my, my point is, he's not as good of a raiding unit as like eight archers would be. And by the time you killed yeah. him with some horsemen or with something else, you would have been better off going just with the council hall instead. And just yeah. massing up and doing the traditional opening. So I don't know yes. if maybe, I guess with the Abbey of memes, maybe it's a more defensive play and you're going for a castle game, but English and castle just doesn't feel nearly as good as English ram rushing, you know? Yeah, funny that, uh, yeah, Abbey of Kings gets buffed, but Council Hall gets buffed even gets more. Gets buffed better. <laughs> I do think, actually, I do think uh, the, the White Tower change does make me consider what White I'm going to go. White Tower is right great. Now. White yeah. Tower is great. Because you can go, because the, the difference is you can point. go to TCs. Yeah. You can go to TCs pretty easily and then still castle up on top of that, especially okay. if you're going against a more passive Civ. And then the, being able to crank out 100% speed. Out of an English keep, which right. for everyone who doesn't know, and most people should know, English keeps are like the production building of production buildings. You can just produce right. anything it wants. And doing that at twice speed, I, I think that, that that landmark has never felt more optimal and viable. Yeah. I have won, I have put away games by constructing a white tower just outside the enemy base. Oh. Immediately in the castle, uh, you get the 100% speed, production mm. speed on trebuchets. Mm. And you just castle, drop a trebuchet, 
immediately outside the castle, inside the castle range, yeah. and start trudging down their base. I would 100% hate you. I would 100% hate you, most definitely. I might be messaging you like, this is how we doing it, bro? I'm just sending you in game. 10 for Tim would definitely approve of this strat. That's why I throw that out there. Hey, I got I to gotta ask you a question. Yeah. Like, I'm being honest. What did the White Tower do before the update? Um, It was what just a mo- it was just a beefier keep. Dude, that's trash. Yeah, well, I, I used to, my, my theory with it, my theory beforehand was that English should never build a siege workshop because they can build a keep instead and it can work as a siege workshop. Because it was, okay. it can produce anything because English keeps can produce any unit they want and you get citadels, network of citadels out of it, which was huge. Right. So that, such, that made yeah, it worthwhile. Investment, though. Yeah. yeah. That also got nerfed, didn't it? The network of It did, it did. I, I think it's still in a good spot. I don't think the English were overly hurt by it. Um, I think it makes yeah. the nerf to it, makes that you have to get network of citadels as soon as possible to stay viable in the castle age. Uh, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's the end of the world for English. Like I said, I think they're still in a pretty oh, no. good spot, especially with their landmarks being a little bit more usable. I mean, I think the developers are heading in a good direction because, I mean, before even the king was a, uh, an option, really no one, it was really called Abbey and Memes. Like, no one, no one picked that landmark. Oh, it was a horrible landmark. Like, yeah, it still, it it still like, isn't great, in my opinion. Yeah, I, like the, like, I like that it has something new, but yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, so like, you know, so I think they're like, maybe they can make some tweets to the king or something like, just make them like, I mean, I think the king should be a little stronger. Like, I mean, like, I don't think, I would not be opposed to like king being like legitimate king in the field. Have him might be like a little bit of a night a night on steroids a little bit, but with that being said, I like where they're going with it. I mean, because it is more value, at least like has more value what than if, it did before. What if the Abbey of Memes also acted as a stable, so you can build mm-hmm. a king, you could also build horsemen. But then, but then, you know, then I feel like it'd be like French in a way. Because I feel like they'd be kind of like... But I mean, almost, horsemen versus knights, though, you know? Oh, okay, so, they, it, couldn't, so they couldn't make knights. It was a stable yeah. with no oh. production bonus. Like, no bonus production speed. But and it okay. only produced horsemen. Stable that okay. horsemen? Yeah, kind of yeah. like, like the council hall before. Okay. It could only produce longbows. This one would only then produce the king, only and then you could produce horsemen. But, no. yeah, no additional production speed on that. I think that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, I like that. I like where your head's at. Yeah. Okay, but like, would it uh, would it scale though? So like, what are you gonna castle? Could you well, you get the king. You get the king, and you have the healing ability that it gives you. But, so I think, all right, and never know. any knights you can produce. No ever like maybe no that was maybe ever. that maybe that'd be like an upgrade or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's I think it kind of shows the hard part of how the how much these devs have to work on this because oh, yeah, every dude. single of these landmarks. How do you not make? How do you make two landmarks both equally viable without making mm-hmm. one of them broken? It's it's, mm-hmm. it's a exactly. tough question. Oh yeah, that's why they get paid the big bucks, and I'm over here, <laughs> over here figuring out if Q and, and E the hotkeys. You know what I'm saying? But uh, no, I get, I actually like where your heads at with that. I just, I think the one thing I think I wouldn't like is if it scaled. Like if you got the castle, now you can make knights. Because mm, then I yeah, feel like too much. it'd be a, it'd be a better school of cavalry. And the French need all the help they can get. The French don't feel good right now, huh? I, and that's kind of leading into the, that, that kind of leads us into our next discussion topic. Our kind of our main topic today is what are. Good segue. Yeah, good segue. Kind of leading us into like what will be the top and bottom metasives, according to us plebs here around Golden Plat. Like, what do we think the top ones and the bottoms are? I, I'm going to list out what, what I've heard so far. Um, and in fact, I have this graphic I put in our outline today too from Golden League. I think this was uh, put by. Oh, who was Walking it? I've seen this. She posted uh, it. I can't remember Angela, her name. Her name's Angelica. Yeah. yeah, shout out to her for this great graphic. And that, now, now a couple things on this graphic. It, it's for Golden League Two. The pick, the uh, sieves picked, and the win rates. Now there was no stone, so that does affect French negatively, and that does help sieves like Delhi. Delhi, however, was is the number one winner, followed by then I think uh, Ottomans, Rus, and English. Now Rus getting a big buff because of the no stone walls. They can produce obviously their palisade walls, which are beefy. So maybe that's kind of an outlier. But overall, we're kind of seeing a trend. Delhi is really powerful, whereas I think French don't feel good this season to me. Uh, like, they, they're, they're still like, a, I mean, you can still win with French. Not that the Civ will make oh, you yeah. always lose, but they just don't feel like they have that edge. I think there was a moment, uh, like a season and a half ago, where French knights and the royal bloodlines, everyone kind of realized how powerful that could be. And they were just stomping mm-hmm. people. And I think now everyone kind of knows that French want to produce knights. And they kind of, they, people have outbuilt, their builders have shifted to mm-hmm. adjust to that. Uh, but what do you guys think are some of the more powerful civs? And what do you guys think will be the bottom civs? I think we know that Delhi's kind of on the top. English is still doing good. French is kind of in, you know, the, 
the pit of despair. Where's like Chinese? Where is that sitting at? And how are Malians after the Farimba nerf? What do we think? Mm, okay. Uh, I guess I'm okay. I'll, I'll give my little quick input. I'm not to be a little long winded. I apologize. Mm. Okay. Well, like you said, uh, well, first I'll start from the bottom. Okay. So yeah, we do like, I've been playing this game, let's say since uh, about almost near launch came out late October, which is almost early February, uh, early November, excuse me. And uh, your French pretty much has dominated the ladder for like, I'll probably say half of the game's lifespan. French when and I first Mongols. Playing the game, yeah. French and Mongols for sure. And French were insane. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was, when I first started playing the game, I 100% main French. I think like a lot of people, like French are just insane. But I feel like the French are lower on the totem pole. Now, I don't think they're a bad civilization. I think there's just no meta change with the French. Like, you know exactly what the French are going to do. Mm. Like, you know, even though, think about it, the French have like, they have the strongest knights in the game. They arguably have the strongest crossbows in the game. They have great, they have great economic bonuses. So, you know, they have like, you know, they get a percentage off of all their economic techs. Like the French are great. You make a you make a, a, a keep and you plant your stables and archer range around them. Then the units are cheaper. Like you the French on paper sound overpowered, honestly. But they're just figured out. They're just figured out. And I kind of think that places them. Not just based off of their, you know, their tech, but just the way the meta is going. I kind of think French are just pretty much figured out. That's a and, good, you that's know, a good point. So, yeah, and I think they'll be figured out for a minute now because, like, progressively, because French really have, like, they receive little small nerfs. So you would think, like, you know, for example, like with the Roos, like the Roos were dominating the ladder, and they had, the reason why they're not anymore, because they had to get nerfed to the ground. Yeah, they got the nerfed French to oblivion. Never, Exactly, and the French never really got nerfed like that, and now they're still low on the totem pole. So, interesting thing. I I think it's the same nerf that got them both. The second TC going from 300 stone to 300 was a huge reason. Yeah, Uh, another one, yeah. And French got nerfed. uh, Because it completely throws off French's feudal timing for them going second TC. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I didn't think, personally... When I saw the change from 300 to 350, I didn't think it was going to cause that much of an issue. Uh, oh, it did. It absolutely did. Oh, it did, most definitely. Absolutely did. And that's why French and Russe are, since season three, have been uh, just less competitive. That's an extra ticket for Russe, right? That's an extra ticket from the Golden Gate for Russe to get up to the second TC. Oh, it used yeah. to be right. just the They can't set number. just buy it. They have to commit to mining. Oh, don't even start on another that. ticket. And yeah, French have to pull off of uh either they have to slow down the archer or knight production just a little uh, bit longer yeah with that second tc up dude so dude, Beale, so Beal, uh what do you think i mean is french, french i think so far french is on the bottom of the pole, totem pole at the moment what else do you what other civs do you think are on the bottom Beal? um french definitely uh are we talking about so i don't know high level play i know i'm talking well like our level of play. Our level of play, uh, high level play, a bit of both, a bit of both. You know, I think I think French kind of across the board is low on the totem pole right now. Yeah, and Rus, uh, I mean, they're not. So Rus is in an interesting place because they've they've gone from like the one of the best sieves in season two. Uh, they're not completely trash. They've just become more map dependent. Get um, <clears throat> Rus on on a on a map where there's like a huge forest in the middle, we're talking forest ponds or the oasis uh, or hideout. Oh, yeah, hideout or, yeah. Or oasis, like something that where it's easy for Roos to take it, just a giant wood line and get those hunting cabins down. They're mm-hmm. doing good. Uh, they're also pretty decent on water maps uh, with their ships. They can convert their ships and they don't, uh, they get more efficient fishing because the fishing ships don't have to go back to the dock to drop off food. Mm. The Roos are a decent pick on water maps, a uh, decent pick on hideout in certain maps like that. So they're, they're definitely low tier on open maps, but decent a couple on maps, certain situations. Yeah. Got situations where they're, how, how, where are we put Chinese right now? I've, they've been, you know, top of the top they've been bottom of the flop. Where are they right now? Do you guys think? <laughs> I think they're still up there. Um, you got to 
2TC song into uh, like booming up 2TC song into a little Juganu action in Feudal Age, then mm-hmm. using that economic boom to get into the Castle Age to back up the Juganus with the Palace Guards and Nesta Bees. There's still there's still an insanely strong sieve. Hmm. How do we feel about? Uh, I don't know how much Trinevels you've played against Malians. So I, I personally hate Malians with a passion. That Farimba last season oh. drove me nuts. As an English guy, oh. if you can't deny their gold, it was just awful. Uh, oh, my favorite thing I saw actually in the uh, I think it was the War Chief Club was watching a Barbican get dropped on the Malians gold. Greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Best oh, time to Barbican rush. It worked. I loved I it. That. I support that. Where are Malians at now with the Farimba change? Yeah, uh, I'm looking it up. What what exactly was changed? That's a good, about the forever? good point. Good point. That's honestly about to ask you the same thing. Like, yeah. is it just uh, is it like, is the see? I'm looking at it right now, and like, they don't really give like I'm gonna look it up. Like, you look at the actual patch notes because I really like they don't like tell you what what was before and what it is now because I see what it does. Well, I mean, okay. Well, just, but just answer the question, though. Honestly, I think I mean I think Malians are pretty much. I think they're like. I mean, if we had to give it like an actual like you know, letter ranking, I think they're probably like B tier. B tier. I so think they're like yeah. I think I think uh I think I think they've kind of always been around there. But I think with that Farimba and Garrison, uh, whoever pioneered that, I think everybody and their mom just went on the ladder and just kept doing that, and it was really hard to stop. But you put that uh that that tower up on your gold and really there's really no way to stop it once that tower's up there mm-hmm. and you just put all your units on gold and it's just yeah so i mean but i think as a as a whole i think my i think mylings are like upper b category you know i think you know if you know how to play them really well the trade is excellent i think in team games they're a like, so okay this thing by age empire too though like anytime you talk about a civilization there's like multiple like there's like uh there's like conditions to like really judge them like i mean mm-hmm. some some civilizations are really good on like water maps, land maps are different, and then team games. Like I feel like Malian are like S tier in team games. I would say the same thing. I would say French suddenly bump up a lot higher oh, on yeah. team games as well, Great just because when they do games. get yeah. those knights out, if they can rely on their their teammate to kind of hold them through and okay. not let them get rushed. If if they can get that, because then then that two TC build becomes more viable for French again. Mm-hmm. And if they get that rolling okay. with some trade, suddenly you got knights you can't deal with. So I agree that does okay. make, change the dynamic a little bit. Yeah, also opens up a uh, chamber of commerce as a viable play for French in team games. Yeah. Honestly, dude, dude trade team games getting a crazy uh, yeah gold boost right out of feudal with that. Oh yeah, and that's yeah, an interesting so like, thought on the game too. These devs are balancing these landmarks. Some things are more viable in team games than not. So that may that adds a whole other layer of difficulty as getting this game truly balanced. Most definitely, like I said, I mean, but okay, as a whole though, the game you know is actually doing. I think the game's balanced pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. For like, like uh, rough as the Rus and French have it, I mean they're not completely unviable sieves. Oh yeah, I still got, I still got to cook with both of them on the ladder, most definitely. Yeah, like, uh, like just I, but I mean, but I like it though, dude, because I mean the French at one point in time they were absolutely ridiculous. I mean they were like, like if you won a lot with the French, no one respected your wins. They're like, oh, you won. <laughs> <laughs> like good for you. But yeah, like, my you season know. two French uh, stats. <laughs> I think I had like. 75% win rate. Oh, I, I, yeah, remember, like, I remember when I, I joined the dark side and picked up French for a little while because I was losing as English time and time again. Right. I was losing my mind, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to join the dark side. If you can't beat them, join them. And I you went as to. French, and I had some success for a little bit. You got to. Dude, believe not, listen, the reason why I started playing French when I first started, it was the dumbest reason. Like, I just thought they had the coolest looking units. And I was like, they're not. And I like, figured out, I figured out they're like, we're like the best sieve too. And I was like, whoa, we're good. Cause it's like, when I first bought the game, like, okay, like, I used to play Age Empire 2. And like, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's the game looks a little, I didn't play like that, but I played, before I started playing 4, I played 2. And like, they just didn't look as cool. And then I got 4, and I was like, these guys look amazing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So I started playing with the French. But yeah, French, they, uh, I think I think they're still I think they're still a sieve. They're, I think they're more respectable now. You play as a French, almost like now people are like, "You're playing as that like outdated sieve." Like, good for you. See how to make it work. It's like the opposite now. Now people respect you more for playing the French. Like, why wow, are still playing as them? Yeah, I'm getting like, a lot of hate for my English game right now. Everyone's tired of playing against English oh, players, dude. but it's just they just feel good. Yeah. 
kind of on that then. So we mentioned the deli being, I've noticed, I've heard this from a lot of people on Rising Empires, on just my team games I've done. Everyone is raving about deli. Are we, are we in agreement that deli might be the S tier Civ this, this season? I think it's a little early to tell, but there's they've certainly <laughs> jumped up in uh, rank. Uh, They're making their case. Yeah, th- just the fact you got compound of the defender making keeps cheaper, plus mm-hmm. also putting the uh, normal keep text in the compound, so mm-hmm. it's connected to the mosques. Because usually when you drop a keep as a deli, it's not going to be in your like right in your base connected uh, mm-hmm. like the mosque research system. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to research, uh, what is it, village fortresses? Oh, that yeah, is the most know, annoying I tech I discovered recently. <laughs> and being able to drop cheaper keeps, having keep town centers on the map. It's, yeah, it's got like six, they got like six town centers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if it's too early to call them as the best, I mean, it is kind of early in the season. If it's too early to call yeah. them as the S tier of the season, I think we could at least say they're probably top three. They're up there. Oh, yeah, definitely. They, they're most definitely. Would we say Ottomans are also in that mix? I've noticed a lot Ottomans with the kind of like what Beal was saying earlier with like it's so much easier to just continually produce and mass up. I've noticed Ottomans have been, I think, out of the new expansion sieves between Ottomans and Malians. Malians kind of had a moment where they were really good before the Ferimba got kind of nerfed and their gold reduction was moved down from twenty to ten percent. But mm-hmm. Ottomans have stayed pretty much the same. And I think Ottomans, as an English player, I don't mind Ottomans. I can whoop them up in feudal much easier than before Ottomans could even get going. But yeah. When you let them kind of go, Ottomans seem to be a big right. fan favorite, I think. Oh, yeah, uh, once they're able to hit their mass uh, in the middle of feudal, and you've got mm. just a million archers and Sapahi going. Yeah. Uh, they're, and they're so fun to, like, the Vizier system, being oh, able right. to assign the points, uh, sort of building how you want, um, because there's no specific matchup where you're going to choose the same Vizier points each time. Mm. Like, there are different matchups where taking the two Imam right out of the gate with the first point to get AOE healing uh, Mm. is huge. Or sometimes getting the meter with additional movement speed for all your units around meters is big. Or if you're against the French, uh, those early getting Anatolian Hills Mm. to spawn the sheep directly under your town center to give you some time before you need to expand outwards Mm. um, and sort of be a little more vulnerable to the French. I think that there's so many ways to play Ottomans into civilizations that oh, yeah. uh, that's why I've, I'm maining them right now because there's so many interesting decisions you need to make. Like, oh, do yeah. you, do you drop the military school in dark age? Um, is that the plan? Like, or do you go straight to feudal Ottomans mm-hmm. have a decent fast castle. If it comes down to it, um, you can get the twin minaret madresse, get the faster berry harvesting, Get Anatolian Hills for all the sheep under the town center. Um, and Let your don't have to guard go the gold. Food. Just, yeah, stay close and be able to castle up. Or you can, uh, what they really excel at is just massing up uh, mid to late feudal and mm-hmm. just rolling over the opponent. Yeah, Ottomans seem to be in a... See, I like the Ottomans are a versatile sieve, and they're also... They're, they don't feel overpowered to me. I mean, again, I'm an English guy, so ram rushing into feudal, getting those longbows before they can mass up feels pretty good. They don't feel overpowered by any means, but they definitely feel good. I would probably I would probably put Ottomans in the top three. I think myself, I lean towards... I think English is maybe if not top three, at least top four right now, I think. Um, I do feel that... Uh, I, I'm curious where Abbasid's going to end up. I do think there's uh, some new interest in Abbasid, whether or not they're a top sieve is to be seen. I know that with HRE having some changes as well, I haven't noticed HRE being more of a top sieve than they were, even though they have the option to open up into knights or to go into knights mm-hmm. and castle age. Now that, now that that's uh, viable with the changes to the... Uh, Oh, it's not the Burgrave Palace. It's the uh, mine, the mine work. Yeah, mine, mine work. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's mine work is really interesting. It's it's so hard though because uh, I don't play a lot of HRE, but when I did, it's so hard to justify not having an Aachen Chapel. Yeah, especially yeah. at my yeah. Elo, where it just <laughs> removes a lot of Prelate Micro. You, uh, I mean, the Aachen Chapel without thinking about it. Yeah, the Aachen Chapel is most definitely like rivals the Golden Gate. Oh, like, so yeah, Aachen if there's, a, if there's a second best yeah. landmark, I think Aachen Chapel might be it. I mean, the 40% boost to your ego is just, I mean, that's one thing I, I will say. Everyone complains about English. They don't get a lot of great ego bonuses besides their farming late game. Yeah. 
because I mean that yeah, Lock and huh? Chapel is just insane. Especially when you get like a juicy one that's got like the wood line, the gold covered, and it can just get some sheep. Uh, listen, if you ask me right now, I think that as a whole, the HRE had the best landmarks. I think as a yeah, whole, absolutely, like they scale very well. As far as scale, yeah, yeah. they scale like you've got like uh, Alice of Swabia is oh, dude, beautiful oh, man, the best uh, TC landmark by far. Dude, uh, did you did you play the game when the game first, first came out? Like, uh, just like, uh, a little bit. Just a little bit. Dude, I played listen. for like two or three weeks when it came out. Then I took a break for okay for about a year. Okay, okay. So you all right, dude? Listen, man. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a little something, man. Listen, the HRE were psychopaths when the game. I don't know why. <laughs> like, dude, the HRE all of the okay. Only one that wasn't as good was the Yakin Chapel because you couldn't uh, you couldn't drop off resources to Yakin Chapel when it first right. came out. But dude, when I listen, I main the HRE. That's like the first sip other than the French that I main. Dude, the the Regnus Cathedral was insane when the game first came out. Every single you can drop off three relics in there. Every one of them gave you three hundred gold apiece. Plus, dude, if you got three, if you got three relics with the uh, HRE, not in the Regnus Cathedral, you were going crazy. And then on top of that, the Palace of Swabia was not only like you freaking spawned out of. It was like it was equivalent to like three town centers. Yeah, I'm not even just that, dude. It was cheaper. Yeah, it and, was a, and cheaper age up into him. I, I think it's still like that. I think it's, I think so, yeah. it's still cheaper. It's still cheaper. Yeah. And, then like, and it's still super good. Like, listen, like, I don't know. I think people say in the HRE weren't even that, like, if you looked at, like, any type of pro tier list, the, HR, the HRE was, like, mid or, like, low. I'm like, are you people in blind? The HRE is the, like, their landmarks were insane. In games, you hit they, the Kitchery got three relics. It was over. Take your fields off gold. Who cares? You're rich. You don't need any of them. I'm it always, anymore, I dude. always have this huge conundrum going into castle with HRE because I want to be greedy and go for that Regnates because you get, you know, three exactly. of those. If you get three of those, you get those three relics in there. You get that hundred, like, was 150% bonus to gold. So you're getting basically like almost 15, 20 yeah. bills worth of production out of resources mm-hmm. out of that. But then also, if you can manage, if you get a really good Aachen on a gold vein, and if you get some relics anyways, that Burgrave, I mean, uh-huh. just printing men-at-arms, they're, uh-huh. men-at-arms are one of the, I think they're one of the most underrated units in the game sometimes, because they can just, they can, you get a good enough mass, as long as your opponent doesn't mass up crossbows, no other unit that I know of can really take care of men-at-arms. Maybe some mass Especially knights, HRE, but... Especially uh, with, with the heavy maces. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Men-at-arms are knights. doing crazy damage to knights. Yeah, I, I gotta say, knights. so... I uh, I watched in uh, Rising Empires last week uh, on Marshlands. I saw mm. one of the best HRE games. Uh, Marshlands is one of the new maps in season mm-hmm. four. In the middle of the map, uh, there's just a bunch of like uh, fishing spots that you can also like walk over. Um, oh. So it's just shoreline fish forever in the middle, which are really fast. They have some of the fastest gathering rates, I think, outside of deep fish. So there was this uh, HRE player who got one of the best Aachen Chapels I ever saw. I think it got all four resources under there somehow. Uh, Did that, used that to jump immediately into Castle, had the production to drop a Burgrave, got the men-at-arms out, and was able to take map control. And as soon as the food near the Aachen ran out, they had enough map control to drop mills in the center Ooh. and Ooh. had the food to sustain just constant men at arms production with no slowdown. It was, it was a crazy game. When, when HRE yeah. gets rolling, it's just so hard to oh, catch so back true. up. Like some games can have back and forth. You know, I think the games against like uh, Abbasid can have, if you take a, if Abbasid takes a bad fight, like I think they're always looking for a really good fight to take. If they take a bad mm-hmm. fight, the pendulum can completely swing in that game and your, the opponent can then mm-hmm. rally back and start torching the TCs down and getting some value. HRE, once they get going, it's really rare, unless their ecos completely stalls out due to some missed macro, it's really rare that they just kind of collapse. So when those men at arms, you get like 40 of those guys, those chads start walking into your base and it's like, well, here's my white flag. I'm just going to dip out. Like, don't, don't mind me. <laughs> Most definitely. 
I mean, I think uh, I think HRE also like. I mean, I think when it comes down to it, if you if you're scaling ahead of your opponent and you are hit castle before them, you just have to go Ragnars. Like you have to go Ragnars, get those uh, relics, and also two things about HRE. I mean, HRE are like I think one of the most versatile saves. Oh, the English is very versatile too, but they can pretty much play every map. And I think HRE personally are the best water civilization of water. Hmm. Like me personally, you can hear me out here. Listen. You sit up here. I haven't got a video on my YouTube, so I never subscribe. Anyway, uh, I got a video on my YouTube. <laughs> Dude, like, all you got to do, man, is just put, just get some wood going, man, and then just make your Aachen Chapel on the wood line. Garrison up a, a prelate. Dude, you get out, you get your wood, it just goes insane. You take over water so easily. Then just go into, uh, just go into uh, Burgrave. Dude, spend out men in arms, win the game. Dude, it's just, the HRE, like, because I really, I mean, they balanced out water to where, you know, pretty much like, you know, all the boats are pretty much in the same playing field, but the economy isn't the same. Mm. So, like, HRE, HRE, they, like, HRE they're insane. They're in, oh, dude, like, I think I the HRE, China, and I don't know. I don't know the English third. Have, English have cheaper boats. English are up yeah, there. Yeah, English, yeah, probably English. Probably HRE, then, again, then again, Delhi's got, Delhi's got those, uh, I think it's Delhi has the shooting fishing ships that can shoot arrows, oh, yeah. too. Yeah, that's, that, that, that doesn't make enough of a difference. I don't think Delhi yeah, on water is that good. Abbasid, though, got cheaper docks. So depending on the map, it's certain maps, Abbasid uh, can do really well on water. Um, well, actually, if you're talking about water, I think we're respecting one civilization. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta throw in probably top three roots. Like, roots yeah, really Roos, is. Roos Roos water. Roos, yeah, roots on water might be like I think I can, me personally, I don't know how we going to, I'm not trying to, sorry, sway the conversation, but if we're going to water, then I think we go HRE, China, Roos. I think those are the three civilizations on water. And I think English is the very close one. Maybe like a fourth. I think we've had some yeah, interesting things so. here. We've, I think this season has definitely kind of shown that the devs are wanting to make every single civilization more versatile. I think we see that I with the English it. changes. I think we see that with uh, some changes to the Delhi and Abbasid. I think we just see that. A lot of the civs, I look at Chinese. I think Chinese has been heralded as probably the most versatile civ for a while, mostly because they can make they can make all their landmarks. So how could they not be, right? Mm -hmm. I think more civs being able to have uh, more viable landmarks in 1v1s and in team games, I think this season has definitely made, I think the balance is really close. I know that there's oh, kind yeah. of a, a, I think Delhi's kind of looking like the favorite, but I mean, even with French, you can win. I mean, even with uh, mm -hmm. Mongols and Chinese, you can still win. I think it really does come down to the map. There's so many things that go into an RTS game as to who's going to get the edge or who's who's good at what matchups. Like if, I, if you put me against uh, like Malians, my, that's a bad matchup for me, but maybe someone else would just wreck. I do think that this season, it's kind of exciting looking at it though because everything's, mm -hmm. the parody is is much better than it used to be. I mean, it used to be that like French was the top Civ, Roos was top, and then was, if you played like Abbasid, you were just in the trash. Like there was nothing you could do. Mm -hmm. Whereas now it feels okay. like, I mean, we've come a long way from the, the Springled meta back in like season one and two. Uh, <laughs> we've come a long uh, way. But I think, I do think this uh, season's been a good one. I like the changes to landmarks. I hope they keep tweaking things uh, in future seasons because I do think we want to see more viable landmarks and more viable strategies. I love a Civ that has more than one play style. And I'm looking at French kind of as the biggest biggest uh, uh deviant from that is that they kind of have that mm -hmm. one place that we've mentioned that today how everyone they, they're figured out because and it's because they can't do more than one thing you know what they're gonna do and so you got them figured out from the get-go uh, i think we'll go ahead and take a quick break here and then we'll end this episode with our extra sheet from each of us hi sockton here again I just wanted to give a quick shout out to a couple of communities. Uh, if you're listening this far into the podcast, you might just be interested in these. First ones up is uh, the Rising Empires. If you haven't heard of it, it's they're the guys on Twitch who host the Warchief Club and the Low ELO Legends, which are both two tournaments. The Warchief Club being for those who are a bit of a higher skill level of play, but the Low ELO Legends is for those plebs like me sitting in gold to plat on any given day. Uh, even if you're bronze or silver, you should sign up. They have brackets for you, and it's a ton of fun. Uh, they get together and play tournaments most Saturdays, and you can find them on uh, Twitch. They also have a Discord, and you can also sign up on start.gg. I'll have a link in the description if anyone's interested in that. I also want to shout out the Griot Barra. 
It's another Discord group that plays Age of Empires 4. It's a kind of a fun little community, a uh, number of players across quite a widespread of skill, and they're constantly doing uh, teaming. If you want to find someone to play teams games with, you can find someone there. And they also do weekly jousts and other free-for-all matches. Great place to meet some players who are probably about your level if you're listening. Besides that, uh, thank you for listening this far. I hope you've been enjoying it, and we'll get right back to the rest of this episode. All right, and we're back. Um, we're here for our extra sheeps. I we kind of went in reverse order from when we were talking about our favorite ad, uh, changes from the season. So I will go first here with my extra sheep. Um, this is actually kind of embarrassing for me. I, for the longest time, I was wondering how did people do that trade mechanic where you build like three stables on the actual neutral mark? Or sorry, not stables. Where you build three markets on the neutral market and you build one on the other corner. And I, I got in theory how that worked. I could not for the life of me figure out the mechanics of how this worked. So if you don't know, good for you. You're about to figure it out. I did not know, for instance, that you can right click from a production building to get to rally. For the longest time, I've been hitting G on my keyboard, which is the rally, and then left clicking where I want them to go. Whether that be from TCs, from all my military buildings, anything. And I just finally realized that you can right click to rally, make a rally point and you can shift right click then and have multiple rally points. So if you're wondering how to do the trade, you click on the stables that are closest to the market, the neutral market. You then scroll on over to the stable or not sorry, sorry, not the stable, the market. You click on from the stables, you scroll on over to the market on the other corner, you right shift, right click it, and then go back to the neutral market and right click that. And then they do that magical thing where they leave they, they the uh, the traders get produced from the markets, pick up the gold, and then mar- march on over to your market on the far corner. I don't know how it, it, to me this was like learning how to a move correctly. Like that's how big this was for me. Uh, yeah. So that's my extra sheep is I finally figured out actually, that that's what you can do. Actually, I pretty much just learned that from you just now. I knew it was a thing, but I never ever touch. I don't do trade. Both of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry about the trade trick. I, like two people didn't know you could right click out of production. <laughs> Dude, I swear, like, yeah, I never like really use trade. So like the whole trading trick that people use, I've never used it. I've always been trading, like even to this day, I've never. I mean, honestly, listen to a uh, sourceman say it. I'm like, oh, I'm like, uh, oh, bet I'm gonna do that the next time. Like, never, <laughs> it makes it so much easier. Yeah, that was that was no. mine. I did not know you could right click. I mean, to be fair, this is my first RTS. I've been playing for a year and I've just gotten really good at hitting G and then left clicking. I've just gotten it's like I do it so quick. It's almost it's almost not a difference maker. And not, I still do it often. But right clicking just is so much. Easier. I, I It didn't tell me that. I don't remember that in the tutorial. It probably is there. and I just missed it. Yeah, Again, that's, that's one of those insane. things. It's oh, a hard. Right. That's, I, I guess that's something that you take for granted. Uh, people. Exactly. People knowing, like, just from previous RTS, uh, that is, I mean, that's basically the, your standard. That's like hitting R to reload in a first-person yeah. shooter. <laughs> it, like, carries over from all RTS, but, yeah, that's, that's uh, I, I didn't know you could hit G and <laughs> it's not as efficient, but I've, I've made it as, I may, I do it as fast as I would with right-clicking. Like, I do it so instinctively now. But yeah, mm-hmm. right clicking is way better, guys. Just do that. I don't even know why it's a button. Why is it even an <laughs> option? Ah, oh, God. <laughs> All right, Beal, what's your extra sheep? Yeah, uh, I mean, I've been learning the uh, new maps so far uh, in season four. Um, I've had the pleasure of watching a lot of games on Continental. So just learning how that map is played, uh, it's really fun to watch and cast. Because it's a water map that is basically the inverse of Mediterranean or Baltic, as it's now called, where the water Mm -hmm. is on the outside in a ring. So Mm -hmm. the timing of the initial naval battles, uh, because, you know, in Mediterranean, your opponent hits feudal before you. They get the initial navy out. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're in trouble because you got nothing to defend it. But you get a little bit more of a buffer on Continental because they've got to send their ships all the way around to your base. So you've got a few minutes for you to start building up a defensive Navy on your own. And I think that really, uh, really helps with how swingy water maps like uh, Mediterranean and Boulder Bay can be, where 
the access of your opponent's navy to your fishing ships is like within 10 seconds. Mm. Where on Continental, it's more like 30 seconds to a minute for them to get mm-hmm. all the way over there. Uh, so it, it's more interesting from a naval perspective. Um, and where land units don't have to walk all the way around like they have to do on Mediterranean. Um, it okay. offers more more land battles. Like, that's mm. more viable. You see more actual land battles mm. than Mediterranean. So I'm excited to to see. I think Continental needs a few tweaks. The mm. resource distribution is very weird. Um, it basically just puts resources by the players' bases. I think the sacred sites are really are on, Yeah. One side, then there might be a barren patch on the islands. Sacred sites spawn in sort of a triangle formation mm. on a couple of corners of the islands. Uh, and that can, you can end up with a situation. I saw a deli player play on. I think I saw this day. game. I think you were casting where, this one. Yeah. Yeah. Where the sacred site basically just spawned in the deli's right base. next to the town center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so. Yeah, learning about Continental was definitely my my extra okay. sheep of the week. Uh, didn't see it in the games I covered this weekend, but I've just been looking for, especially against Abbasid on there, um, someone to do a landmark snipe with transport ships. Because mm. with, the, with the fact that there's a little less naval pressure you might not run into enemy ships defending just because there's less of an emphasis on having a navy uh late game getting some transport ships getting some bombard cannons to come over to your opponent's base from the back and uh, the town center is spawned so close to the shore abbasid usually drops their house of wisdom so close to the town center that Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's looking like a great map for people who like to landmark snipe. The, is, it, is that uh, on rank map? Uh, I no, it is not currently on rank. It is in the quick, okay. quick play though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm at the, I'm 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 agitate John down some of these strategies. I'm like, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm trying to okay. Yeah. Continental. Okay. All yeah. right. Cool. Great map. Wait. That was actually Age of Empires one. Uh, yeah. That map it's an OG there. map. It's an old that was map. One of the, oh. One of the maps I used to play like as a kid before I could even like knew any sort of strategy before internet or guides or anything. Continental was always my go to map. Um, Bill, you're a you're an RTS legend. Oh, yeah. He's, he's an OG, story. you know. <laughs> yeah, and I'm over here like, oh yeah, it's fair. Yeah, AOE one. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, so Nevels, up, so Nevels, what is your extra sheep? All right, listen, let me tell you, okay, listen, mine, you think yours is embarrassing, Dorsetin. You think yours is embarrassing. Let me give you my extra sheep and you know, I've been playing this game for for a minute now, and you think I should probably learn this way earlier. I should probably learn this way earlier. But listen, my extra sheep is knowing the power of walls. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen, listen. I hear you. I'm with you. Listen, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Oh, your boy really struggles <laughs> with making walls. Okay, I get it. You know what I'm saying? That's I feel like that's like, you know, that's AOE 101. When you get to a certain point, you got to protect your economy. But the gravity of making walls is far more superior. I have probably dropped. I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to put a stat out of my butt, but I think it's a real stat. 70% of my games from not making walls. I have played 10 games with other members of the uh, Discord. And, you know, they'll be like, no, what's going on, man? What's happening? I got 50 nights in my base and it's like 50 minutes in the game. And it's like, dude, you didn't make any walls? Like, are you for real? Like, I struggle with making walls and I've been getting better because I got to realize that if your economy is exposed, like, it don't matter how big your military is. It don't matter how much pressure you're putting on the enemy. Once that villager death count starts getting in the 20 and 30s, your whole economy, it becomes it becomes a great depression. Everyone is just suffering like you, 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 you just start fumbling the game. And when I tell you that I have lost so many games from night raids, small night raids, it could be just 30 minutes in the game. And I got Five three nights, four there. nights. 
five mm-hmm. nights in there and destroyed everything I built. They have destroyed with those five nights. So if I didn't say anything that I have actually learned is that not, you cannot, oh, my strategy before was just, okay, I don't know anybody here, I don't know anybody here superhero fans, but I'm, I'm a pretty superhero fan. I like superhero movies, all that good stuff. And in, in Avengers 1, you know, Captain America looks at Iron Man and he said, hey, man, we need a plan of attack. And Iron Man looks at Cap, Captain America and he says, I have a plan of attack. Attack. That is my, that has been my entire strategy since I've been like a game. real French main. No, real, you should pick up Mongols. Maybe. Can't even make walls. There you go. Just put towers. That's probably a reason why I've tried playing Mongols because, like, I might as well because I I also struggle with houses. So, like, I can't have, I have, for a long time playing this game, I am still cursed by so many novice problems. Like, either it comes down to making villagers, making up houses, or eventually walling up. And that is my thing. Like, I, and trying to become a more macro-centric player uh, because, you know, anytime you really ask any type of professional player, they'll tell you that they believe that macro is more important than micro. And I have always played the game, especially coming from French, very aggressive. And I think if I just keep pressuring the enemy, then why do I need to make walls whenever you enter my base? I have, I'm always outside of their base. But just in case sometimes that first little feudal or castle push doesn't work, then you're exposed. You got so basically if I had to sum it down to one little statement, my sheep is protect your economy. Economy is beautiful. It's going to send you into the late game, mid game, whatever you need to do. You can't fund your military if you got no food. You got to protect that economy. And that's a basic. That's I mean, anybody who's played this game for a couple months knows that. That's something I struggle with. You know what I'm saying? Because the game, you know, it's a lot of things you gotta pay attention to. But yeah, most definitely walls. I'm hmm. getting better with it, though. So your, your extra sheep then is to to protect that extra sheep. Protect exactly. There we go. We'll make it protect them sheep because they can't defend themselves. Nice. You need you got you need those walls most definitely. Well, sweet. Well, thanks guys for uh, hanging out here today. I think we are over an hour now. Wow. Good, good, long, meaty first episode. Uh, we're going to be diving yeah, oh, in yeah. in future episodes. Like I said, hopefully bi-weekly. Uh, we'll be talking about other things. And if you have any desires, send us questions. I will have a Discord up, uh, a channel everyone can join. I'll have details about that linked into the description. And uh, be sure to give AoE Beal a follow on Twitch and I think YouTube as well now, right, Beal? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Start a YouTube page for just taking a bunch of uh, requests for replay casts uh, from the Griobara Discord. And I'm throwing them up there. It's been a lot of fun. I said, I know Sir Neville's has a YouTube channel as well. I'm going to throw a shout out to him for uh, his YouTube channel. And I'm Socraton. Of course, I'm on Twitch. I am hoping to start a YouTube maybe one day. We'll see if I've ever had the energy for it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and do it, man. That's why I've got a podcast instead. You know, that's why I'm starting this instead. But uh, yeah, this has been The Extra Sheep. Thanks, everyone, for listening today. Uh, Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll be back in two weeks.